This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. Getting buy-in is critical for any kind of marketing campaign. From the leadership to the sales department, everyone has to be on the same page when you're about to implement a new strategy or marketing tactic. This is true for account-based marketing as well, and few know that better than Eric Spett, the CEO of Terminus. On this episode, recorded live at Serious Decisions in Austin, he discusses his start in the marketing world and finding an opportunity to bring ABM to more companies with Terminus. Enjoy the discussion. Marketing Trends is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Here is your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at Mission.org. And in the middle of serious decisions, in the center of the, the eye of the storm, as they say, in our little fishbowl, Eric, how's it going? I'm doing great. And I do agree that we are literally sitting in the middle of a fishbowl. Yeah. I know, it's great. You see people like walking by and they'll take photos and stuff. Like, what is that? Where's that photo going? So today we're going to talk about all things ABM. Uh, you are at the forefront, the cutting edge of ABM. Uh, we've talked about it a couple times on the show. Really excited to have you on. But first, how'd you get into marketing? How did I get into marketing? That's a great question. For me, um, I've been, since graduating from college, nothing but technology startup. So as with most folks who who have one that starts to go well to, to pretty well, the first couple were not as successful. So my first company started uh, at the University of Georgia with my roommate at the time. It was a online marketplace for wholesale seafood. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, at the time. Sounds so, fishy. Yeah. There you go. His father. And this this is the question that always comes up online marketplace for seafood, but his father was a seafood importer and they still use the fax machine. Yep. And so we literally sat in a room at college and said, how do we, let's start a company. And that was the best idea we came up with. And we ended up running at it for three years. Very, very hard. And that was fish um, list? Fish list. Yeah. That was fish list. And so the journey into marketing started with seafood, which you'll probably never hear again. But the path from there was I was fortunate enough to go, and this is serendipitous given where we are today, but I was fortunate enough to go work for a gentleman in Atlanta named David Cummings. And David was the founder and CEO of a company called Pardot, uh, which was acquired by Exact Target and then into Salesforce. And so David actually hired me. I had met him one time when I was back in college. He chose not to invest in Fishlist for a lot of very good reasons that we did not (laughs) think were good reasons at the time. Um, So three years later, shutting Fishlist down. My uh, my mother is forcing me to go get a job and to, to stop doing the startup thing. And lucky enough, I had met David a few years prior and uh, met with David. This is two weeks after he sold Pardot to Exact Target, and David hired me basically on the spot as a software engineer. And I did not know how to write code. Oh, nice! And so David's words uh, verbatim were, "You're smart. You'll learn." Was fortunate enough to go work for David just after he had sold Pardot, where he was starting to build this really big technology ecosystem in Atlanta. And so I was, uh, it was sort of a recovery period for me. I had a pretty, some pretty low lows in the fishless days and coming out of that. So I was sort of recovering. I had a normal job, I had a salary, was learning to code, uh, working for David. Things were pretty great. And then about a year and a half into that, David 
basically gave me the opportunity to go start another company. And so looking at all sorts of ideas and trying to figure out, you know, customer first, what are big pain points in a big market? And we saw that within B2B specifically, Obviously, the marketing automation companies and Pardot had done this really good job of revolutionizing the marketplace and inbound marketing and lead generation and MQLs and qualification and handing off to sales team and building tools to make that process as efficient as possible. But there were other there was new data that was coming to be available, which really lent itself to to more intelligent targeting and more focus, if you will, than casting this really wide net. And so with that started looking at the companies that have done really well, and they generally start with engaging with people and actually doing marketing. Yeah. And so we saw that specifically in, in B2B that the digital advertising space was totally underserved. There was no software, there was no automation. It was POs and IOs to large enterprise companies. And here you had this channel where you can engage an entire buying center if you just knew the account where you wanted to go after. And so we really got our start into marketing through my relationship with David and learning about the history of marketing automation. Um, and then really what we're trying to do is, is learn and continue to evolve and build you know, the next evolution of that for the modern marketer using the data and the tools that that we have available today. So that's sort of where the my journey into marketing and the journey of Terminus really started. And who's the founding team of Terminus? Yep. So we have two co-founders. One of them is our CTO and technical co-founder. His name is also Eric, E-R-I-C. Uh, so we started with, with two Erics, which uh, will confuse anyone. So he's our CTO and built a lot of the majority of all of our original technology. Believe it or not, I was a, a terrible software engineer and would still not actually call myself that. On the other hand, he, he was great and the type of guy that could just build anything. You give him a box of toothpicks and you got a treehouse like two yeah. hours later. And then our third co-founder is, uh, my third co-founder is Sangram Vadre. And Sangram was, after the acquisition by Exact Target, Sangram came in to lead marketing at Exact Target for Pardot all the way through the acquisition to Salesforce. So Sangram is also sort of an entrepreneurial kind of guy, very much a market mover and evangelist. And so I had sort of a, a pretty well-rounded business minds. You know, I knew the technical side a good bit. I'm, I'm happy to sell. I'm sort of enjoyed doing everything. But Sangram really came in and helped us understand where the market was maturing to and yeah. really what ABM was. And honestly, at the time, there's folks that are around today that were using the term ABM, but there was no category. There was no movement. There was no community. It was totally dormant. And so one of the things that Sangram helped us do was really to build this category. And we don't, of course, take singular credit or anything like that. But the Flip My Funnel movement and the conference and bringing everyone together, all of that was actually incubated and started in-house at Terminus because we had had technology that lent itself to ABM, but there wasn't the market there yet. And so for a few years, we spent a lot of time and money and energy and resources into category creation and to make sure that there was a market there and that you know what we believed was the future actually started to become reality and we're we're really proud of where it has come today and the fact that you you know you've been talking about ABM probably all week here at Serious oh, Decisions yeah, absolutely. and you look at the content and you look at the vendors and it's um, you know we're just very proud to have had you know what we believe is is a significant part in building that up it's really cool. And I love the fact, so I didn't, and I did not know how involved you were in Flip My Funnel from the beginning, which is really cool to hear. One of our, one of our favorite, you know, content hubs, for lack of a better term. Um, you just talked to Uberflip, didn't you? Yeah. Was that the, the content hub? 
That's got to be your favorite. Uh, the, yeah, Randy right. just walked out of here. Yeah, there you go. Re- <laughs> re- like uh, like trains passing in the night, dueling shout outs. It's a great world. Uh, and just a kind of a great community. I mean, like, you know, we talk about why this podcast and podcasts like it are so valuable. It's like, we can't all wait a year to hang out at Serious Decisions or we can't wait. You know, I mean, I know that there's a lot of conferences, but there's a lot of people who smaller companies who can't afford that or uh, you know, things like that. It's just so important to have these conversations that scale, that get out in front of the world. And it seems like that was an instrumental part in your content strategy to evangelize ABM. Why were you so, you know, dead set on making sure that there was enough content out there about ABM as you're trying to to sell this? For us, you know, we try our very best, like so many companies, and hopefully most companies around here, to just think about what do our customers need? Like, what do they need to do the best work of their lives? Which, you know, for me personally and for us at Terminus, we, we truly believe that that is more than just the professional side. Like these days, it's sort of all, you know, everything blends together and doing better work and being better contributor in your job. Like, it leads to promotions and raises and more fulfillment and a happier family. And, you know, the downstream effect of all of this is really profound. But, you know, bringing it back up to the customer and their business need, it's we just with every might in our bodies believe that the future of great business was more focused, more personalized experiences, less quantity, more quality, and that flipping the funnel and ABM was the absolute best vehicle we saw to do that. So it's not it's not the words or the, it's like, this is what we believed marketers needed to do the best. And it's not just marketers, it's sales teams, it's revenue teams, it's, it's organizations, it's account-based business strategy. And we just believe with every fiber in our body that that is what people need to do the best work of their lives. And so let's make sure that that is a reality and there's strength in numbers and there's strength in community. And, you know, it's not about us as a vendor building technology to help them do that. If, if there's not education and there's not case studies and they're not hearing from not just, especially not vendors, but from real practitioners and uh, to some extent, the analysts that like, this is what they should be thinking and doing kind of the next stage of maturity in the market. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, it's kind of one hand clapping if it's if it's all the vendors and the analysts talking about it and the customers aren't. And you've seen like we've seen that in a couple, you know, if you would have been a series three years ago, there's a couple of those categories where they're not really here today. They've sort of migrated one way or another. And one of the trends that we've seen as we sort of have looked back, it's like some of those categories were basically like vendor led. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like the vendors like just pushing and pushing and pushing and convincing investors to throw a lot of money into something. And then it's like, it's it's just not the way that it ever can work if like the customer's not wanting to do it and there's not a good reason for them to do it. Yeah, and at the center of the experience, right? So what are some of those conversations that you had in the early years? Like what were those when you were doing customer discovery, customer development? You know, we don't talk about customer development as much on the show, maybe as much as we should. But, you know, not as many, you know, especially founder CEOs that we have on the show. But what was that like? What were you hearing back then? Because I'm curious, and I'm sure it's a lot of stuff that you still hear. You say, ABM is not, you know, it's not spread over the whole world yet in terms of uh, widespread adoption. It's still pretty cutting edge stuff. What were those conversations then? And what are the ones that you're still having now where people are worried about, you know, trying to adopt this or can't figure it out or, or those 
you know, those things that they, they just can't wrap their organization around yet? Yeah, that's a, um, a great question and a big one. I, we could lock ourselves in this fishbowl for another two days uh, to really to really cut through it. But then, Jonah, uh, do we have enough food in the fishbowl to do this for two days? I don't, I don't see got, any food. 48 hours of recording time. <laughs> All right, let's set a record. Serious decisions, <laughs> podcast recording record here. Um, the highlights of it are, it's like with any emerging market and emerging category, there is the right balance of listening to what customers are struggling with, but also innovating because they can't necessarily see the future that you're trying to take them towards. And how do you balance the need to be evangelist and tell them that ABM is the future but also meet them where they are. And so, you know, even today, it's it's towing that line between market obsession and market leadership and being an in- innovator and a leader, which is what your customers want. They want to follow you. People buy software not only for what it does today, but for where it's going to be in the future, and they want to be a part of that journey. Yeah, absolutely. But how do you balance that with their needs today and what's going to help them solve today's problem that they might be ahead of the the curve in knowing about ABM or account-based business strategy, but but the rest of their organization is not. And they're still looking at things, you know, sort of in, in a more status quo sort of way. And so the best way to describe it is just through the Flip My Funnel conferences, the narrative changed. It was, you know, year one, ABM is the best thing since sliced bread. And if you're not doing it, you're going to get left behind. And that is provocative and it gets people in and everyone's excited. And it's like, all right, we, we created a groundswell. The next year, it's like, all right, enough telling us that ABM is the best thing since sliced bread. Like, can you tell us how to slice the bread? Like, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're yeah. ready. We got it. We want to do it. So it's the early days of projects and, and figuring it out. The next year, it's like, we sliced the bread, but I like, I, I also sliced two of my fingers off. And like, I sort of don't think I'm successful and I'm discouraged and I only have three fingers on this hand now. And like, I'm not sure what to do. And then over the last couple of years, it's, slowly more and more success stories. And then the understanding that it's it's hard. It's not just about a tactic or advertising or better emails. It's like, it's a business process and it's a business strategy that the whole organization has to adopt. That's going to take years yeah. for companies of any size and scale. And then where we are today, it's the words that we use at Terminus, which we're really excited about is project to practice. ABM is going from projects into scalable practices, which I'd love to share some of our customer examples of that. Yeah, that's great. I love that. For years, people were, it was an ABM project. Let me test this ABM thing. And there's a lot of failures in there. And there's still a lot of residual anxiety around trying it again because, you know, failing is not fun. And a lot of organizations aren't so tolerant of it, no matter how they talk about it. But we're really excited to see so much of it going into scalable practice where people have figured it out. There's some pack leaders, there's mature companies doing this that are successful. We know the metrics. And so it's slowly but surely, you know, things are crossing the chasm. And, you know, the folks who were discouraged a year ago are starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And they're excited about that. And, you know, the the market is kind of following that curve people are getting slices of bread where it's kind of like they start a little thick at the top and then it gets like a little thinner to the bottom. It's like, it's still a slice, you know, it's may, might not be uh, firm enough for a PB and J. Um, and the fingers are growing back. Yeah. And the, we got, we got some customers with the fingers coming back They're They're, they're through the wounds and excited about the future and like have really battled through and like their companies and them, like we have so many customers like uh, of our 
the most innovative sense at the earliest adopters that have been doing it for the longest time that like huge promotions, huge career opportunities. They're leading up ABM teams. Like, you know, it's massive personal and professional growth for a lot of these folks. So let's do some of the projects first and then we'll get to practice second. What were some of those early case studies or just good case studies that you're seeing now that kind of showed, hey, this is something that worked on a small basis? Yep, it's a great, it's a great place to start, honestly. I think one of our favorite examples, not favorite, but one of the most impressive examples of this is um, Snowflake, which is, they're one of like the fastest growing software companies of all time. Um, It's this crazy growth journey. What they do for their customers is uh, big data storage and data warehouses. And um, they separated the ability to store data versus computing the data. So that they're just helping these companies generate massive scale on huge AWS budgets. Yeah, I've heard Um, of them, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So they're this great, great story, and they have this marketer, Daniel Day. He's the head of ABM now. Uh, I don't think he was when he when he started. But really quick aside, you know you hit the nail on the head when people's titles are now the category, right? That's like, we we I don't know which episode we were talking about that in. I think it was Frederick Crest, the CEO of, of Okta. Like, you absolutely crush it when you're creating job titles that people didn't know they would ever have. Yeah. The real, the double click into that, and I totally agree. The double click is when you like go onto monster.com or LinkedIn jobs or, yeah. and you search for your own company's name and you see your company's name as a requirement oh, and yeah. responsibilities in those job roles. It's like, you know, I think as most entrepreneurs and founders and, and CEOs and even executives, it's, you're so in it that it's, there's very few moments where you really like have like a warm moment of like, wow, we're doing something like really amazing. We should feel good and like be proud. Most of the time you're like, no, next thing, next thing, next thing. We got to build it bigger, bigger, bigger. But those moments where like you see Terminus in a job posting from some company that you don't even know, um, that's not even a customer of yours just yet, but clearly they're going to be. It's just like a really, it's it's a really nice feeling. That's so sweet. You get really Anyways, pr- I interrupted yeah. you. Yeah. So, so Daniel Day at Snowflake. So where this is going, and then we'll start back at the the project. But Daniel has built a team now, um, and it started with sort of just him. But he's figured out a way to run full personalized campaigns to thousands of accounts. And I'll explain like exactly what that means. Everything from the way that they select those accounts to the channels of engagement, to the content going to it, to the way that they measure it, to the way that they align their organization – they have basically scaled this thing. They are doing it at scale, thousands and thousands and thousands, I'm not exaggerating, of accounts all over the world are getting one-to-one personalized experiences, like truly. But it didn't start that way. In the early days, Daniel was, you know, and, and one of the big misconceptions about Terminus in the marketplace is that our software is really just focused around digital advertising, which was where we started. And it was a great place to start because it was the easiest way to get started with ABM. And it helped us learn because we we grew very quickly. It helped us learn lessons really quickly. And then about a year ago, we acquired a company called Bright Funnel and we spent the last year integrating the two. And so one of the things that we're focused on now is honestly, just speaking transparently, it's the market perception of us as an ad vendor. Yeah, for when sure. We have an end-to-end ABM platform that is capable of building, operating, and measuring Daniel Day, Snowflake-style entire ABM programs. And so where Daniel started was with us on the ad side, where, hey, I want to deliver these digital ads to these job titles at these accounts, and let me try 100 of them 
and let's see what happens. And he realized, wow, this is the best tool to scale this thing up to thousands of accounts. And now today they're working on moving over to use more of the platform, but everything from pulling their data into one place, into our account hub, to where they can segment all of their different ABM lists and different tiers of accounts to the way that they're driving the engagement. And it's not just with Terminus. I mean, when someone is using Terminus, when they're using Terminus to drive engagement, they're sending them to a custom, again, Uberflip content portal that is built specifically for that company. And then they've got it set up where their sales reps, the individual sales rep is getting the notification with specific data and insight and intelligence into their accounts that they didn't have before to then go out and do a higher quality engagement. And so when, you know, I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with the aspirational state of account base from the targeting and the data to the engagement into the buying center, to the sales activation, to the measurement. We talk about that in the team framework. These folks at Snowflake, and now it's a a team that I know Daniel's proud of, is they've operationalized the whole thing at global scale to thousands of accounts it's incredible. They've operationalized the whole thing. And it's, um, you know, I mean, and I'm glad you touched on the fact of like perceptions of, uh, of terminus changing and like products changing and all that. We'll get later on in the episode into, uh, you know, a big announcement that, that you all are making a series of decisions. We'll do that a little bit later, but I wanted to, to go a little bit deeper on the snowflake example, because I think, you know, before you get to thousands, right, you have the early projects before you get the projects, like you have to convince your boss to be like, we should be doing ABM in those type of conversations. And, you know, we, we'll bring Daniel on the pod, by the way. Could, we should totally do that. Because I that think he's walking around here. I'll probably. Yeah, we'll, we'll flag him and, and have him explain it on his side of things. But from your perspective, when you're having conversations with prospects and they're talking about these problems, saying, hey, we want to pitch this to our leadership team. This is something that's going to the CMO. This is something that maybe it is the CMO pitching the CEO or the board or the executive team. What are some of the things that they're getting back to say, this doesn't make sense or those objections that you, that you hear so often? So that's a great question. And that's part of the rub on all of this is all of this falls down if you've got one or two marketers in an organization that want to do ABM. It, it doesn't work. You need marketing leadership. You also, like one of the things that we say at Terminus is the value of marketing is actually defined by sales. 100%. So if, if sales also isn't bought in to what marketing is doing to help them, then the, the holistic pro, a tactic might work, but doing account-based ABM, account-based business strategy, like that's not going to work without sales buy-in. And then really it's executive team buy-in because we're talking about a business model and go-to-market strategy. Yep. So it's one of the things that we're now acutely aware of, and it changes the way that we sell and who we want to get involved. And even me and my executive teams, uh, you know, the number of deals that we go into because we know it's, you know, we know we have to get all the stakeholders at the table. And sometimes it takes a little umph to make that happen. And so we, we actually really enjoy and we learn a lot from doing it as well. But it's, you know, it's at all levels. You have to get the team and the business unit. You have to get the sales leadership one of the, just to go back to like your more specific question, one of the, my favorite things that I love to tell people is what is more rare is that you've got this executive team and marketing and sales leadership aligned and hey, we're doing ABM and you've got top down pushing this thing and, and making it a priority. The more common case is you have some really smart, forward looking, innovative people in the company that agree that they want to do this. And the way to get the buy in 
is to go show small success stories. Yeah. And oftentimes for us, because most of what we do is we sell to marketers, although we have sales managers, sales leaders on the call and in the process. And, we're, you know, we get key stakeholder into the account that way. And if we don't, oftentimes we won't sell because we don't think they'll be successful at the end of the day. Um, and we take that really seriously. But it's all right. Everyone listening knows you've got whether you're a software company or another type of business, like whether it's an SDR team or a salesperson or an account manager, you know, your folks that are like always looking for the edge. They're typically the hardest working. They are always grinding. They're generally at the top of the leaderboard. It's sort of hard to replicate what they do. And everyone wishes they had those results. You find those people and you get them bought in to whatever part of account-based strategy or tactics that you're running. And you say, hey, I want to I test this out with you because you always do such a good job on you know, the latest and greatest and giving us feedback. You make them successful on whatever part of the go-to-market strategy that you're working on, whether that's lead generation, customer acquisition, uh, existing customer expansion, you make them successful. And then you shout the stories from the rooftops. And then the other reps and individual contributors will start to hear. It's like, Ooh, I want some of that ABM stuff. Or what are they doing with Terminus? Or, hey, I saw them looking at Terminus and Salesforce, and I don't have that on mine, but like, what am I missing? And then it's like just this beautiful grassroots. It just spiders out. And then before you know it, it's like the salespeople are telling the marketing team, I'll be damned if you're taking out Terminus. Like, I love that data, and I've never had anything like that before. Don't remove that. And then it gets executive attention, and it goes from there. Yeah, we And that's the more common way that it happens. Yeah, we had a situation similar to that where a sales rep, you know, leveraged one of our one of our podcasts to talk to someone that like hadn't answered like a lot of emails. And they're like, hey, you know, we can we can get you on the show. Uh, the show that we sponsor, I can talk to the to the team that creates it. Instant response, you know, got them booked, had an awesome conversation. And they they were like, I've never heard them talk so candidly about their problems before than listening to that prep call. And it was one of those moments where and then that rep took that to their VP of sales and their VP of sales like, holy crap, this, we should be leveraging podcasting this way. We should be leveraging what mission is doing this way. And it was one of those kind of aha moments where we think a lot of times that we do things, this is a really core to ABM. We think about like our side of the transaction, but not the other side of the use case of like how other people use these things, like how, why other people buy and there's so many, which we talk about on the podcast a lot, like people buy for a lot of different reasons. Like they could buy to get a raise. They could buy because, you know, their spouse is bugging them about something. Like there's many reasons why people buy. But when you start to kind of like that idea of like land and expand, if one sales rep is using it really well, and that person is all of their buddies, all of their colleagues are like, wait, how is that working? And then that, you know, that type of bubble up or, or whatever you want to call it is really, really powerful, but you have to be able to take that use case and then show it to the executive team and say this, but at scale. Yep. That that's exactly right. As a quick aside, um, it jumps into my head. One of the, one of the things that I love the most about what y'all do at mission and, you know, we have our own to, to some extent, not to the scale that you have, we have, you know, a podcasting and content strategy similar to that is one of the coolest things is I'll say it from a first person perspective, like podcast specifically, it's like, my ability to send this to my mother, like, yeah. like, and friends who don't get it and like, don't really like the black box, like one of the coolest things that I just love about the podcast and what y'all do and just the mission of getting so many people involved and giving them the opportunity to have like an enjoyable and candid conversation. And it's also just getting back to where I started. It's like, it's not just the business value. It's like, 
the sellers that are getting their prospects on a podcast are giving their prospects like a story that probably they would never tell to their family or friends. And I just think it, totally tangent, but I just think it's like super cool. I mean, and we, mom, whenever you do listen to this, I, I love, I do love you very yeah, much. Yeah, sh- Shout us out. So uh, we always, <laughs> we always say grandmas love the mission because yeah. all of our moms and, and grandmas who listen to a bunch of the different shows on our team always like engage with our content and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my mom who is, the number one, she has the highest lead score of, uh, of, uh, it's not a qualified lead, but, uh, on our, on our software is pretty great. She loves all the content. No, it's a really good point. I mean, we had a conversation one time where we're like, you know, what's your favorite sports team? You know, and person's like, you know, Oakland A's, uh, I'm from Oakland. So go A's like, Oh, do you know how big the stadium is? Uh, it's like, I think it holds like, you know, with the tarp on, I think it's like whatever, 18,000 people. Do you know that we filled the entire Oakland A's stadium? And you were sitting in the middle talking about uh, on a podcast. That's how many people you were reaching. You know, it's like that kind of like mind blowing moment. It's like Chad, our CEO, is just at World Tour uh, on stage in front of three thousand people, and we do that every episode. It's like that is wild. You talk about scale. That is crazy. I mean, the amount and people we have listeners in one hundred twenty nine countries all over the world, and it's like you just look at that sort of stuff. It's mind blowing. The amount that you can reach. And when you're looking from this perspective, having that content as part of your ABM strategy, it is really, really powerful. You're giving people something that they never had access to. Um, and that's why we're doing this, right? Like that is memorable. That is remarkable. That's like good marketing. How does ABM break down the most often? Do you think that there are certain things that people do that just make it so it's not working correctly? That's another big one. And I think we're down to 47 hours and 30 minutes of recording. So I'll hone it down to the highlights again here. Was that accurate? Yeah, that was pretty accurate here. There we go. What do people do that makes it? One is, it's funny because I'll, I'll say things that sort of conflict each other. It's not doing enough. They think ABM is doing one tactic or one part, or we're going to send better emails, or we're going to do better content portals, or we're going to serve better ads, but they're missing that it's like a holistic effort and that oftentimes why, why many people, and I'm sure many of the people listening, you know, are, are in some ways disgruntled and, you know, frustrated is like, you know, a lot of people rush in to a vendor or a tool before understanding the strategy. So not doing enough planning upfront is one just in a general sense is one common thing that we see is like really understand what you're trying to do and the components that you need and the partner because ABM at, at its core, it's, I always like to say it's, equal parts, if not skewed parts, a technology, like you need technology to do this at scale. So do what Daniel Day is doing. Like you can't do that all by hand without tools like ours and others out there, but it's also knowledge and learning and having a partner who can illuminate the path and who's seen many hundreds of customers go through, you know, the, the excitement of the roller coaster. And then they, they hit the trough of disillusionment and then the slow and steady build back to the success. So that's one thing is people not doing enough work up front. And then oftentimes it's also people trying to do too much. They're trying to make it too complex. Like we have customers that are getting value from Terminus at every stage of the customer life cycle to get more leads in the door, to convert more open opportunities into closed one deals, and then for customer expansion. And oftentimes what we see, it's like a good marketing automation analogy here is like, because email is free, People set up nurture campaigns for everything. Yeah, and it, totally. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got so complex. And then it's like, you walk into a whiteboard of a marketing department and there's like 
it, it looks like shoots and ladders on that yeah, thing. Yep. And then like a year later, they're like, oh, we only needed three, turns out. It's often what we see in ABM too. They're trying to attack all the different parts of the customer lifecycle with all of these different, like they're trying to do too much. What is the most valuable use case that you could use a more focused go-to-market approach on? What we like to say is that everyone's been growing. There's exceptions there, but companies have been growing with what they've been doing. ABM is about higher quality growth. So what part of your business or your customer segment or where does this strategy really fit the best? And let's apply it there singularly and iterate on that singularly until we figured it out. Then let's add another use case or another part of the the life cycle. Yeah. And I think I would add on to that, that, and I forget who said this on, on the pod, but a recent guest that said, well, sales is already selling. So it's like, they're already doing ABM. It's you need to make sure that the whole organization is on board. Yeah. And that's exactly like I cringe when I hear it. It is it's exactly what you said. It's yeah, sales might be acting in the manner where I want to close as many deals with the best accounts as possible, but in isolation and without basically what sales teams have, it's it's pretty sweet. And I salespeople, you know, have one of the hardest jobs in the company. Always pressure, always quota. You know, when things are going well, great, sell more. You know, like I have a lot of understanding and respect and empathy for that. But the one of the coolest things about sales is they actually have a whole function of the company whose job is to make them more successful. And the thing that's like the most painful and what we like are so passionate about is like we're really trying to break down that barrier and create an environment where sales knows that marketing is just trying to help them do their jobs better. And that like it doesn't matter who did what part or who's take credit. It's like we are going to grow our companies in a higher quality, more efficient, more enjoyable way. Yeah, That's all that we think about is like more higher quality growth, more efficient growth, more enjoyable growth. And that's what we want to deliver to our customers. Yeah. It's like saying someone is playing basketball when they're, you know, doing a three point contest. It's like, well, they can already shoot, you know, they can already make shots. It's like, yeah, but could you imagine if you had four other people shooting with them? Like how many could you make then? Right. Just because you're doing that doesn't mean that you have that augmented intelligence or that that level of of support and scale that technology provides. Yeah. And I, I was reading a book recently it's an older book, um, but there's a, a good quote in there that said, it's easy to stop one man or woman. It's hard to stop 100. And that doesn't apply one to one here. But I was thinking like I've started thinking about that, like. Yeah, it's probably easy to stop. Like if you're a competitor, it's probably easy to stop a sales team. It's probably pretty hard to stop a super aligned marketing and sales team that is putting all of their might into each and every account and just pushing it to the limits and the most personal, the best sales process. It's, it's a powerful thing when they're working together and enjoying it. And they're, it's really, a, you know, a terminus, we call it one team, hashtag one team. It's one of our core values. The only one with a hashtag, but um, <laughs> that sort of grew out of us wanting to act as one team, one aligned revenue team. You know, for us, it's also one aligned company, but it's really something that we, we love to try and help our customers do as well. All right. So we got two things to get through before we get you out of here back on the floor. I want to know what's next for Terminus. Recently, you came out on top of the G2 Crowd Spring 2019 ABM platform review. So congratulations. And you have a special announcement here at Serious Decisions. Can you share some info about that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and just a quick note on the the G2. One is we we just absolutely love what they're doing and sort of democratizing software reviews. And we had Ryan on the pod. 
uh, it's coming Michi? out yeah it's, yeah it's coming out today, today. launch it well whenever yeah. <laughs> whenever you're listening yeah. to this it's already yeah. out yeah ryan's great and that was a um a really awesome pickup for them it's been fun to watch yeah he's super smart and that's a that's a big they've got the buyers they got a marketplace side they got the data like they got a lot going on um but it's just you know we've been very fortunate to win a bunch of these different types of awards and like the g2 is one of the the coolest recognitions because it's just like it's just your customers. Totally. <laughs> and that's all there is to it. So we're really proud of that. And on the, the Salesforce note, it's excited to be in this Salesforce Pardot fishbowl in the middle of serious decisions. And we've been working with Salesforce for, for quite some period of time, but today formalized the partnership and announced it to the world. And it's a great time to do it because as everything we're talking about, it's everything that Pardot has built and all of the data that's in Salesforce is hugely valuable in go-to-market processes and aligning marketing teams and sales teams and revenue teams and customer teams. But there are some new things that we do as an ABM platform that they don't have, which, you know, that's the spirit of partnership is how can we help each other fill in our gaps? And so the ability for, for just to run it down is the way that we think about Terminus as a platform is in the team framework, target, engage, activate, measure. Ooh. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's the way that we market it's the way that we take people through a consultative sales process. It's the way that we onboard. It's the way that we build our product. It's the way that we support it with customer success and professional services. And one of the coolest things, while well, I was actually walking over here from a meeting and thinking about you know, what, what we were going to talk about, it's like the, our Salesforce partnership and integration goes just across the entire team framework. So for targeting, it's about how do we help customers use all of the data available to them to do the best job prioritizing through target accounts on any day, week, month, quarter, year uh, in a dynamic and you know technology-driven system. And so we, we've got this account hub. And so what we do is we pull in customers' data from Salesforce, all their CRM data, which unlocks the whole other Salesforce ecosystem, all of their data from Pardot. We then blend it with first-party signal from Terminus, so anonymous web visits and all the, the AI-driven models we have on top of that, uh, intent data from places like G2 and Bombora, and all the other, we, we have a number of integrations available, and we give one view so that they're able to put all of this information in one place and cut their ABM and their target account list, which they can then go drive into the engagement part of our tool. So digital advertising, display advertising, LinkedIn, we're coming out with lead forms soon. We've got retargeting. We've got an integration with SalesLoft. And they now they can use all of this Salesforce, Pardot, first party, third party, all of this data in a dynamic way to feed their engagement to a buying center. And then from there, the, the A in the team framework is activate, sales activation. You've gotten account engagement. The most important thing now is get your salespeople to use that data. And so one of the big cornerstones of the announcement and the integration was our new sales insights functionality. And the view that that pushes back into the CRM, I've seen a bunch of them. It is really freaking good and gives a lot of just really crisp, clean data in a digestible and usable way. And then the M, the measurement part, this is the biggest problem. And it's where we fundamentally believe with our acquisition of RightFunnel, we're clearly leading the charge on account-based measurement and measuring account-based and also more traditional marketing activities. All of that CRM, Salesforce, Pardot data, all of that is also appended in to the measurement part of our product. And so the integration is a lot of different pieces, but it really flows end-to-end -end across our platform um, and everything in that target, engage, activate, and measure framework. 
I'm definitely stealing that, and we're going to start using it. Nope, no, 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 great. no. All good things, man. Uh-huh. That's the. It, it's funny. It's you're always frustrated when someone starts using the stuff that you spent, you know, hours on the whiteboard, and then you're like, nope, we did good. What's the next thing we can figure out? No, that's great. Though. I mean, I, I really love that. That let that, me really let good. me restate that one. We would be honored if you would use the team framework. Yeah, and, there we uh, go. This is what we fundamentally believe is the right way to look at what can get really complex, which is account-based business strategy. The team framework makes it simple. Our team platform, of course, we think helps make it doable. And so we'd be love to hear you using that. Oh, we will. I mean, I love it. Also, I love go team. Lightning round. These questions are fast and easy. Just like marketing automation with Pardot. Fast and easy questions. You can go to pardot.com slash podcast to learn more about the amazing stuff that they're doing. And we're sitting in the Pardot podcast booth. Lots of alliteration. Fast and easy questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, what app are you using on your phone that's the most fun? All right. Since we're in Austin, I'd never rid one of, ridden one of those uh, pedal assist Uber bikes. And the, uh, the Uber app, when then you flip it over to the bike tab, those jump bikes are amazing and a really pleasant way to get around Austin, Texas. Shout out to producer Ben, who's just ripping around on Lime scooters this weekend. And he's like six foot ten, so it looks hilarious. Favorite recent book or podcast? Favorite recent book or podcast? That is another good one. I think one that's still lingering for me is American Icon. Uh, it's the story of a guy named Alan Mulally, who was the... Um, he was a senior exec at Boeing and went over to Ford Motor Company in some of their darker days. And it's this incredible story of like tactically how this guy turned around Ford Motor Company at a time when everyone else was taking the bailouts. And it's just like this really in-depth, well-written look into that. It's, it's pretty powerful as a business book. Favorite vacation spot? Favorite vacation spot. So uh, I recently went to Thailand for a couple weeks, which was great. The food, the people are super nice. Tourism is such a big industry, so they make it easy. And then it's nice to be on a beach far away from from everything else. So Thailand was pretty spectacular. Best advice for a first-time CEO? Best advice to a first-time founder is just, one, it, it is all about persistence. No one has an easy ride. So buckle up for, you know, five years at the, at the short term, more like 15 years at the average and, you know, up to 2025, which isn't unheard of before a real success. So it's, it's a long journey. So persistence and then find people who can help you because it, it's certainly, you can't do it yourself and you must surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, that have more experience than with, than you. And that can help you avoid at least some of the potholes that you will without a shadow of a doubt hit. What question do you never get asked that you wish you were asked more? So that's a hard one to answer. If I'm being real honest, and it's weird because it doesn't happen in my role and it, and it shouldn't happen in the business, but it's like the people that know when you, when you sit down with, with another CEO, founder, entrepreneur, first thing they typically ask is like, how are you doing? And you're like, oh yeah, everything's great. Business, woo. And no, they're like, no, no. Like, how are you doing? And it always feels nice to have someone who understands, like really ask you how you're doing, like deeper than just how the business is doing. And it's something that, you know, I say that is I would love and, you know, I'm I'm sure I don't do the best job of this either, but it's really nice when people are just generally wondering how you're doing. And so 
you know, that'd be a nice way to start a lot of conversations uh, with people that you know decently well. So uh, maybe a little touchy-feely for this and, and for the business podcast, but, you know, I always appreciate it. I love it. Everyone, uh, check out Terminus. Check out all the amazing stuff at Flip My Funnel, both the events and the, and the podcast. Anything else to plug? Anything else you got going on? Well, I do happen to know, and I'm at risk of dating myself, but I think this apply, dating the podcast, because I know you're not supposed to use times and days, but I'm going to do it anyway, and I hope they don't edit it out, because this is timeless advice. Mother's Day is this Sunday. It could also be in 10 Sundays from now, or this time next year. Don't forget. I love you, Mom. Awesome. Thanks so much for hanging out, Eric. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.